0: Welcome to episode number one of the Your Native Language is Your Superpower podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking all about how we've had to pivot our language sessions and take them online during this crazy pandemic. And I've included some tips in here so that hopefully you'll feel inspired to do the same and to help you to make that same pivot and get in there and start making a few fun videos that you can share with the children online, just like us. Let's get started. Well, hasn't it just been the craziest time lately with all of this lockdown and isolation? And boy, what has it done to all of our language sessions? If you've been already running your sessions uh, prior to listening to this, then if you're like me, in fact, I imagine everywhere in the world at the moment, we're not able to do anything in person with the children. So for myself, I had, and for my team, I found the childcare centers. What happened first was the childcare centers and preschools where we run our sessions Firstly, some of them, some of them started saying that we couldn't, uh, they couldn't have us in there anymore. Well, in fact, it began. We were still allowed officially to go there, but because the numbers of children had dropped so dramatically, because so many more parents were ch- keeping children at home. Here in Australia, was, the schools are still open, the childcare centres are still open, but a lot of parents are keeping their children at home. So, because their numbers had dropped so much. They really didn't have the budget anymore to warrant being able to pay for any outside activities to come into the centers. So we suggested, hey, how about we do some recorded videos for you or even go live on Zoom and still interact with the children. And we had some of our centers thought that was a fabulous idea. So for a while we did that. And that was really cool. It was quite an experience, I must say. So here's what I've discovered working on Zoom with groups of children. So I was going live on Zoom to groups of kids, so they would get their children together. And as I mentioned, the numbers had really dwindled. So I think the most I had in a group was 10, maybe? Six, eight, 10, most of the groups were. And that was everybody in the class and the class would be normally up to 25 children so um so I would have all those kids in the beginning it was so fun just seeing their little faces they were seeing me up on the big screen the staff were saying how excited they were to see me on the computer so I called it computer French with the kids and it was just so great because you could call them out by name and i was just feeling chuffed to see all their little faces and say hey there's there's um evie and there's jordan and all the little kids and they were waving to me and telling me their stories just like they normally do judith miss judith miss judith i did this on the weekend <laughs> it was just like a normal session um the difference was so here here's a tip for you if now or at any time in the future you may choose to do some Zoom online sessions. Here's what I found: um, it is best to have to be to be to be um uh, what's the word um being screened anyway on one of those big boards. If there's a big screen, it's so much better. So some of the childcare classrooms were using; they had these big smart boards. And they would stream me into their onto their smart board, which of course became much more engaging for the children. So a couple of the, couple of the classrooms didn't have those big screens, and the kids were watching me on laptops, and it was a little more challenging just because the screen is so much smaller. And of course, it was easier for them to just be distracted by things the movement in the classrooms and other things that were going on. So number one, if it's at all possible to be be screened on a big screen, much better for the engagement. Second thing was when one of the classes that were using their laptop, because the sound, the volume on a laptop's pretty low when you're in a big space, so they were in a big room and with a bit of noise going on around, so they actually attached me to there. Bluetooth speaker so the children and the staff could hear me really well which was fantastic but I on the other hand was really struggling to hear the children because they weren't going through the Bluetooth speaker so I could hear them when they're answering me when they're asking me questions or when they were saying all the words and doing the gestures and fun activities that we had they I just struggled to hear them a bit uh so definitely Well, that's a chat. I don't really have a specific answer for that one. If you're being watched on a laptop and it's a group of children, it's different if it's just one child. But if it's a group of children, yeah, it's more important that they hear you, but it's really nice if you can hear them too. So you just have to experiment a little bit with that. We did experiment both ways, and they said through the laptop they really couldn't hear me too well. So we opted for the Bluetooth on the big screen it was different on the smart screen cuz the smart screen has speakers then and i could hear them through their speakers they could hear me so it all worked really beautifully um that way so that was that was really fun i was running my same sort of sessions uh which are normally really interactive so i would do my usual actions and all the fun things that the children have come to know and then i would play a game I had to change it up a little bit because the children obviously are not having turns anymore. And mostly in our French sessions, they'd be having turns. So I, if I was doing something where I'd... First of all, I'd try and choose a game that was more like a presentation, a show style game, rather than something they would normally have turns in. So I could do that as usual. Or I'd be using something and I'd pretending. That's right, I did one where we had this bag of grand et petit, so little and big things in a bag. And I'd normally get them get them to show me their hand, and we say in French, la main dans le sac, hand in the bag. And one child would put their hand in, take out a surprise, something without looking, and bring it out. So, of course, they couldn't actually do that. So what I did when it was live like this with the kids, it was fun. I'd say, okay, I'd call somebody out. Okay, Aiden, let's this is going to be your turn. So let's imagine I'd show him my hand, La main, I'd show him la main and say, let's pretend that this is your ma, okay? And I'd wave la main in front of the screen and <laughs> do all these silly actions to make them laugh. And this is your ma, And they had the biggest smile when it was their turn and they realized my hand was their pretend hand. That was cute. That worked really well. And i would pop my hand in the bag and they'd all say the word, la main, la main, don't sac. They'd all be asking, qu'est-ce que c'est? What is it? So that was a cute, you have to really innovate to see how you can be having turns on their behalf and still make it really interesting. So you have to be super, um, intrigued. You have to create that intrigue with each turn or find little ways. So you definitely have to be innovative. And the same comes for if you're doing recorded videos. So I thought, oh, you know, this will be fine. I'll just sit down and do my usual session and just record it. It is a little challenging because you don't have the reactions of the children right there in front of you, so you have to reman- well you, you have to imagine that they're there, and you and and if like with games that you've played already, you know what their reaction is going to be. You can take that into consideration when you're playing it. So I would be, I would be uh, like I played Monsieur Potato, Mr. Potato Head, and normally I'd be getting the call, kids to call out. Uh, what do you think's missing? Do we need some eyes? They'd say eyes. They all call out, Liz, yeah. And so then I would put my hand to my ear and ask them, what was that? Did you say it? Little things like that to really make them react because I couldn't, I'm not live with them. I can't see them. I don't know when they're watching it. And I want to make sure they're actually saying the things back to me. And it still is an interactive experience. So I would do things like that I put my hand, I'll say, huh? Pardon? What did you say? Or if like I'd be deliberately putting the pieces on, Miss, Monsieur Patas, on Mr. Potato Head in the wrong position. So I'd put le chapeau, I'd put his hat underneath him and be sitting in it. And I know the children normally, and I would normally hold that up and I did in the video and just pretend that I would got it right and that I would have no idea that it's been done incorrectly and just wait for the children's reaction which is always so much fun because they're always saying, no, that's not right. No, we've done it wrong. And I'll kind of argue with them, saying, no, no, why are you laughing? Because they'll start laughing. Why are you laughing? But but why, why are you always laughing at me? He went, it's Monsieur Patat. he looks really cool with his chapeau. They're like, no, it's in the wrong place. No, what are you talking about? And then I'll look at him and be shocked because, oh, no, Monsieur Patat. What are you doing? You can't sit in your chapel, and so I know the children normally laugh. I know how they react, so the question was, how do I encourage that response and pretend that I'm reacting to it when they're not really there, So I would pretend that they were calling out to me and say, "Huh, what is that? What did you say? Why are you laughing?" And I'm doing this in the recording knowing that that's how they would normally react and also knowing that just by me saying that, they're likely to start laughing. So you really have to think of little tricks like that to to create that sense of interaction because that's what makes the whole thing fun. And then so I followed up with the staff with the teachers afterwards and asked them, how did it go? And they said it was fantastic. So with the little little ones, so these I did the Zoom sessions for the preschoolers and the toddlers. They asked for recorded videos. So for the little little ones who had only just turned two and who are easily distracted anyway, um, they've actually been pretty fantastic in the in-person sessions, even though they're brand new to it. I've managed to keep them really engaged for for a good 15 minutes, which is pretty amazing with the little ones. You often get them wandering. Some of them will just get up and wander off, and that just happens. Um, so they said, look, they they stuck around for the first five minutes or so, and then they sort of toddled off. But the older ones, who were two and a half to three years old, they said they loved it. They were so excited to see me on the video, and they did everything. They said all the words, and they were laughing and interacting just as, as normal. And that was just fantastic for me to hear. So that's a really major point that I would encourage you if you're going to make recorded videos, whether it be with children you know already or whether you're thinking of maybe using this lockdown situation as an opportunity to start doing something online, which is a brilliant way to start creating Some momentum and getting a little bit of an audience just by creating some recorded videos, putting them up there on your Facebook profile to start with or on your Instagram, maybe open up a Facebook page, just find a name for yourself for for your sessions and just invite everybody you know to come and like your page and start doing a couple of little videos just for free because what happens then is you build up a bit of an audience. Try and create some conversations in the comments. Ask how people are enjoying them. And then, of course, once all this is over and we're allowed out into the world again, it's going to be so much easier for you to then invite some of those people to come and join you in an in-person session. So I would highly, highly encourage you to start taking some steps to make some little videos. Uh, I'll probably do another podcast to walk you through the steps of setting that up because that was something like in my team and luckily I've been making a few videos through, that I've used for my courses and doing some Facebook Lives and things for my members for a while now, so I was kind of used to it. But in my team and all the girls in the, in the club, uh, they hadn't done it before, so they were wondering, how do I start? Where do I upload it? What do I do? What do I do? So I'll walk you through some of those steps to help get you started in a separate episode But I hope this has inspired you to to think about making some recorded videos or maybe going on doing some Zooms with some kids. Okay, here's the other thing on Zoom that I found. I actually had one Zoom where all the children were at home. So there were children who would normally be at the preschool, but they were kept home. So I'd be sending the preschool links to a Zoom meeting, what they call a Zoom meeting, and they would forward that on to the parents. And I had, I think, eight or nine children and parents from their homes join me on that Zoom, which was really fun. It was really exciting. Different, though, to having them all in a group on Zoom in the childcare center. So... It could get pretty noisy with the kids all, you know, fluffing about and chatting and they're kind of doing their own thing. And the mums, some of the mums stayed with them, some of the mums left them. There was even a dad who popped in and waved. That was really fun. So I had to actually mute all the children so that they could hear me, but nobody could hear anybody else, or else it would just, it just gets a bit crazy. So little tips like that you kind of have to realize exist as an option for you and then. I used that so that they could hear me. And when I was asking them to respond and participate, I could see their reactions. I could see them doing the actions. I could see them when they were talking. So I knew that they were responding, which was great. And then uh, every now and then I might just unmute them and just say, hey, how's everybody going? And the mums would, i might say, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me, a thumbs up if this is all working well. So yeah, another little tip that I discovered (laughs) As we went, so look, just go for it, guys. If you haven't yet, try something. I know the girls in Club Cocorico. Bravo to all of you. We've been doing just the most brilliant job. I'm super proud of you all. I know this has been having to break through so many fear barriers, and for me too in the beginning, and with you guys. And you've done it, and you're doing it, and so you really need to be proud of yourself. You've made so much progress, and I. For anybody outside of the club, if you're listening to this, I really hope it inspires you to think about it and then jump on in and listen to the next episode, the next episode of the podcast because I'll go through some steps of how you can set yourself up to doing some things online. This is not at all how I imagined the first episode of this podcast to be, but hey, we make the most of the opportunities that are presented to us. There's a need at the moment to... Uh, to share information like this so that's the way it's ended up so I hope you've enjoyed this very first episode it's been so cool making it for you please uh leave me leave me any comments if you can and I will catch you on episode number two allez bisous bisous is kiss in French I always leave our French sessions with the kids saying bisous so I do the same <laughs> do the same in all my videos so allez bisou everybody kiss kiss see you next time